everybody's afraid of upsetting Carl Anthony Towns. Carl Anthony Towns was anointed as the guy. He got a max deal. What has he won in the league? Everything has kind of flattened since they said, you're the man. And I think the move to make moving forward, if this doesn't work, and you give it a year or so to see how Russell and Towns work together, the move to make to me it's a trade Towns down the line. That was on ESPN on the jump last week. Real quickly, we, before we bring on the man who said those words, uh, we mentioned before the break about Nelson Cruz. He was hit by a pitch in spring training. Dan Hayes says that uh, he suffered a bruise on his left wrist in the area of the ruptured tendon to which Judd and I lost it. But he's been checked out, and the Twins are downplaying any concerns. So uh, cross those fingers and say those prayers. But joining us now here on Score North Live, the guy who you just heard there on the jump, and you can read his work covering the NBA at ESPN.com or catch him frequently on that very show. It's a pleasure to welcome in Nick Friedel. Nick, how are you this afternoon? I'm good, guys. How y'all doing? Doing well. Now, in addition to, to that, you also said that, that you don't think the Timberwolves will ever win a championship with Carl Anthony Towns as the best player on it, to which D'Angelo Russell went on Twitter and called you a clown. Have you ever been called a clown or worse by NBA <laughs> players the time you've been covering this league, Nick Friedel? Uh, no, that was the first. I'm, I'm sure they've said some things behind my back, but guys, let the record show. I actually like D'Angelo. Uh, I enjoyed dealing with him out here in the Bay Area. He handled his time uh, with me and the rest of the media very uh, professionally. And I just don't think it's going to work from a basketball standpoint, but I understand what he was doing. I mean, Carl, is that's his guy, and he's standing up for his guy. And that's all well and good, but until they prove it on the floor, they're not going to get the benefit of the doubt uh, from – from me and, and a lot of other skeptics around the league. And, and that's the key looking ahead. I mean, you don't, you don't get credibility and earn that benefit of the doubt with likes on Twitter or Instagram. That comes with wins. And that comes with playoff victories and pushing for a title. And up to this point in Minnesota, that's something that, as you guys well know, has been very lacking. And I want to let the record show, Nick, that I'm the OG clown because I've been saying these things about Carl Anthony Towns for weeks, close to a month, almost exactly what you said on the jump last week. So if D'Angelo Russell wants to call somebody a clown, I am at Rami is tweeting. But I, I also Don't take said, that title away from Nick. He probably enjoyed it. <laughs> I, also, I also said, and you hinted at it, now that they've gone and gotten his buddy D'Angelo Russell... I'm, even though I don't really believe in Carl Anthony Towns and that he can be the best player on a championship team, I'll give this experiment a try. But if this doesn't work, after all the coddling and catering to Carl Anthony Towns that the Wolves have done, Nick, like he is out of excuses, and anybody who's been defending him up until now is out of excuses. Completely. And, guys, I, I've been around that team uh, a fair amount the last couple of years, and certainly – uh, my tie-in came when Tom Thibodeau was still co- the coach, and and he acquired Jimmy Butler, and I knew those guys dated back to my time in Chicago. But being around Carl, he's a very nice kid. Uh, I, I like him a lot. I just don't see, from a basketball perspective, him being the type of leader that's going to get the most out of everybody, and that's ultimately going to lead the Timberwolves to uh, the promised land of of competing for a championship or or winning in the playoffs. Uh, and what stunned me in the last year being around the team off and on is, is to your point, just how much they've cobbled him. I mean, they, they are allowing him to, to do kind of whatever he wants. And I see it more from a, 
a media perspective, I mean, any any leader of a title team dating back years and years in the league, there's a responsibility that comes with being the face, and that means uh, in almost all cases you talk every day and you're there every day and you're making those around you better on and off the floor. And I just don't see that uh, from Towns at this point. Uh, I, I haven't seen it for a while. I think the only time they've ever – had success, at least in recent times, is when Jimmy was there and he was either pissing everybody off or, <laughs> or making them better on the floor. And I don't think Carl liked that. I don't think that he liked somebody else trying to come in and, and take that spotlight. But, uh, you know, in, in the short term, I, I couldn't agree with you more. If this doesn't work, if you're the Timberwolves, you've got to make that move sooner than later. And it started the year with all that stuff with Embiid back and forth. I mean, they had won a few games, but they hadn't really done much, and there was a lot of backlash there. But they just haven't won. And in the end, you want to quiet critics, you want to quiet everybody, you have to win. And now you've got your guy in place and you think you can win, that's great. So go out and prove it. I mean, that's the key with Towns, not just me talking. There's a lot of people in the league. Just shut up and play. And if you play and win, that will get you to where you want to go. Exactly. And don't whine, too. Uh, so, Nick, uh, back to your point about the time that you spent around this team, because I recall seeing you a lot uh, in the Tibbs and Jimmy uh, time here. Um, I thought Jimmy was an odd guy. And look, I thought that the way he went about things was probably not the best way, and he could come off as a righteous jerk at times. Uh, but how much do how much did you watch Jimmy and Tibbs knowing them well from the Bulls time too, and when now you look back, how much was Jimmy on the right track at least as far as what he saw in not only Cat uh, but Andrew as well? Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy knew early on, guys, real early on that that Towns and Wiggins did not share the the work at all costs. And improve your game at all costs, try and get better and, and contend in the playoffs mindset. And that, dating back to the beginning of that relationship, when you look back on when things really started to to break down, to me, it was early. Because he saw that their mindset, and I, I'd say I think he actually liked uh, Andrew on a personal level with Carl it, some of the stuff he would say, even being around the locker room, uh, to the media, Jimmy would listen and he'd just be shaking his head. And then that would uh, follow up on the floor. You'd watch him in games and there'd be some blown defensive assignment. And he'd be like, what the hell is this kid doing? So Jimmy is, is, has definitely evolved and he can absolutely be a jerk and he can be aloof. But the reason, and we'll push it forward two years here, the the reason things have worked so well for Jimmy Butler in Miami is because he is now unquestionably the number one guy, which was has always been important to him in recent years, and he's surrounded by like-minded young players. He's surrounded by guys who want to live in the gym and get better and who aren't worried about what they may or may not say publicly. They just want to win. And going back to the, that time and comparing it to Minnesota, that wasn't the case. I mean, he did not feel like Carl and Andrew had that mindset. And I think he realized it right away. And I'd say that was uh, one of the, the biggest mistakes that Tibbs made because Tibbs felt like, ah, 
it'll it'll work over time because we'll win. And I don't think he realized the divide that early on between how Jimmy thought and how Jimmy wanted to approach things and how Carl and Andrew thought and how they wanted to go about their day-to-day business. You say that people around the league notice and are saying essentially the same things about Carl Anthony Towns as you're saying to us here today. We had Brian Windhorst on last week. He essentially said some of the same things. If they do decide that this plan is not going to work in a year from now or whenever they come to that conclusion, what is the value of Carl Anthony Towns on the trade market? That is a great question, and it's one that I don't think anybody knows for sure right now. Because, guys, Carl is an unbelievably talented player. He is. The question, and he's not the first young player in the league to, to deal with this, the question is, you can be a really good player and you can have really good numbers and put up really nice stats, but how much on a night-to-night basis do you impact winning? And that's why when I've watched Carl a couple years ago, I see it even more now, and that's why I want to see how this experiment uh, with D'Angelo works in, in Minneapolis. But when you watch him, Carl, to me, looks more like the second or third option on a really good team than he does the first option. Because when you're the first option and the face of a team that wants to contend for a title, you have to set that example day in and day out with everything you do. And I just don't see it right now with Towns. And and as far as a return, uh, you know, we'll see. But this is the issue, and this has happened time and time again over the years. You have what you believe to be a franchise star. You have a young star uh, who has gotten a couple all-star games, but never do you ever feel like you get fair value in return. And it's not like there's not going to be interest if and when the time comes and the Timberwolves decide that it's time to move on and time to start fresh with somebody else, there's going to be a ton of interest. But I, I just don't know what you're going to, to get back that would make the fan base say, okay, this is fair. The only thing I would say is if you know that you don't have a guy that you want to build around and now you're trying to get his best friend in, in place to, to make that future uh, look brighter, if you know he's not the right guy, doesn't really matter what you're going to get in return because you know that you can't win with that guy as the face of the team. And the sooner that you come to that point in your thinking, the better off as an organization you are. Nick, we only have like one minute left with you. Have you ever seen a guy who's been in the league as long as Carl Anthony Towns has been around the same age who had the reputation, people were saying the things about him that we're talking about with Carl Anthony Towns today, and then they seemed to figure it out and it clicked? Or is it usually you are who you are by this stage of your career? Yeah, in my experience, guys, covering the league for you know, 12, 13 years at this point, when you see a guy like Towns, this is kind of at this stage, you are who you are. And that's my biggest question for him moving forward. And it's not to say he can't grow and develop into more of a leader uh, and do more of the things that the Timberwolves need to win more games. It's just that at this point in your career, you've kind of shown what it is. And the question for, for Carl is not, do you have talent? Can you not put up uh, a lot of points per game? Can you defend every night? Can you make everybody around you defend at a high level uh, to win consistently in the NBA? And, I don't believe at this point that the answer to that question is yes, and that's why if it were me, 
I would make that move much sooner than later because I just don't think at this stage in a young player's career, as as much as he, there's still time to grow, I don't think what we've seen is going to be that much more different than what he can show uh, at this point. That's Nick Friedel. Catch him on the jump. Sports Center. Find his work at ESPN.com and on Twitter at Nick Friedel. Nick, really appreciate the time, man. Great stuff. Let's do it again. Dar, you got it. Thanks, guys. There's Nick Friedel joining us on Score North Live. Judd, I know Wolves fans don't like to hear that, but how many people got to say it before we start to go like, yeah, this this might just be the reality about Carl Anthony Towns? Well, I think it's clear, right? I think it's just crystal clear. I, I the question is, do people change? And Nick's answer, as far as athletes go, is sort of no. Almost and never. I'd be inclined, I'd be inclined to agree with what Nick said. So. I, I don't like to accept it. Like you might think, but I don't know where I, you've now given Carl everything he wants, and it's not really changing. You might think Judd or or Collar or me or anybody else who in this market who might be fanning the same blowtorch that 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 you heard Nick Friedel do right there, and you heard Brian Windhorst last week on Score North Live basically say you can say like we're hot take artists. Nick Friedel is not a hot take artist. Brian Windhorst is not a hot take artist. These are these are I mean it's these are guys who cover them. the league are as tied in and as connected as anybody it's and reality, that's that's absolutely. the impression that's that's who Carl Anthony Towns is right now in the eyes of people around the NBA. We'll hit a quick break on the other side. Derek Wetmore is live from Fort Myers, site of Minnesota Twin Spring Training Camp. We'll get his thoughts on all the developments in the Astros cheating scandal and talk plenty of twins in the one o'clock hour of Score North Live. Right after this, it's on fifteen hundred Score North.